everybody hear me? Amen, amen. Forgive me if I keep crying. I've been crying since Saturday morning. Um, this weekend was... The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses spoke, and I heard him. I just, I'm still, I couldn't sleep last night. I was still digesting and in, in, in awe of what God did this weekend. And, man, my brothers. Eric, Jose, Marvin, Andy, Jose, Mark, I mean, there's so many other brothers right now, man. I love you, brothers. What we went through this weekend, it's just the beginning. Friendships were formed. Brotherhood was, was, got tighter. Let's watch each other kinks in our armor and just strap up and keep glorying. All for the glory of the Lord. When God spoke, he spoke. And the crazy part is, like, this message was done before I left for the weekend. And I was, you know, I was, you know when, when God gives you a word, we doubt ourselves to follow through. Because I'm not worthy of this calling. I am my worst enemy. And I hear these voices of doubt and, and saying I'm not worthy, and it's louder than the Holy Spirit. And that was kind of the theme of the weekend. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, Lord, big as you are, big as you are, you're here for us. I would just like to thank the board for giving me the opportunity because this is an honor and a privilege. And also, thank you, Pastor and Camille and the family for the sacrifices you guys make because the calling is not easy. And And I love you. And I appreciate everything, everything. Saints, this month is, uh, is October, which the world loves to celebrate the dead. But we celebrate the one who conquered death. Not only it's, uh, you know, how, how that holiday overshadows of the stuff of the, of the church, Pastor Appreciation Month, which honestly should be celebrated every month because the sacrifices pastors make. But also in church history tells us that Martin Luther posted his 95 Thesis on the door of a church in Wittenberg, Germany, October 31st, 1517, which the Protestant Reformation was born. We as a church should be celebrating that. Because of that, we're here today. But the message that I have today for you is coming out of John 10, John chapter 10, 14 through 16. The Lord says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep, they're not of this fold, but I must bring them also They will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. 
So the name of the, um, of the sermon today is called, Are You Listening? As a Christian community celebrates Pastor Appreciation Month, the question I have is, do you really appreciate your pastor? Or most importantly, are you listening? The Lord said, I laid down my life for the sheep. Let us dissect that word life. Here are some synonyms of the word life. Being, energy, activity, growth, heart, essence, integrity, reputation, and ultimately his entire life, existence, which is his life. Those are some of the characteristics of a pastor that he may have to lay down. Are you listening? Sometimes we hear a pastor preach and we don't like it. But that message was given to him by God. Okay? Now, we're living in, the, in a society today that we expect a pastor to, to be in the front as an usher and hand out Q tips. You know how you use Q-tips and you clean your ears, it feels so good? And massages the ear? You know, we want to hear those type of messages. But how we expect to grow, how do we expect to let the Holy Spirit convict us of our sin? Because these sins will block us from inheriting salvation. In the book of John, chapter 21, when Jesus restored Peter by asking Peter to feed ten and feed my flock. Feed. He, he first, he named those three in the same order. Feed was preach the word. Tend, watch over the flock. And again, feed, teach the word. But here in these verses 18 and 19, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show what kind of death that Peter was to glorify God. And after this, he told Peter, follow me, walk the same path I walk. That's a huge responsibility for a pastor to do. Because a pastor, his calling is no other calling but his. He has to answer for his actions. He has to answer for every soul that walks in through that door. His job is to deliver the message. His job is not to convince you. His job is to deliver the message so the Holy Spirit can convict you. Once the Holy Spirit conviction tugs on that heart, just give up and submit. Because there's no way around it. And you might not like it, but that's just the way it is. We all have blind spots. But when you let the Holy Spirit tell you, hey, check you, you're wrong here, you're wrong there. Be happy that happens because we all have blind spots. Like, I ask myself, not myself, but I ask the Lord all the time to prune me. Because when I stand before him, I want, I want, I want to see that smile. Church history tells us that Peter was crucified upside down. 
Jesus was foretelling Peter's death in verse 19, Peter was the first pastor of the New Testament. Jesus called him the rock and gave Peter instructions attending the flock. In the context of the, and was the first to preach on the day of Pentecost. And the context of this passage is that a pastor must carry that same cross. But we must also stay in our lane and carry our own cross and not be one. Now, are you listening? Now, what I'm about to tell you right now, you might not like it. But I love you. There is a wedding. A wedding that's going to happen in our and my desire is for everyone that I know and hear my voice to be there at that table. So I'm not preaching against you. I am not preaching against you. I'm preaching against what's distracting you from him. So please understand that. That's where my heart is at. The American church is more concerned about psychology and sociology than theology. I'm not playing down those issues, but if we don't know God, then how can we be delivered and solve these problems? The reason why I say this is because God delivered me. He delivered me from depression. He delivered me from anxiety. He delivered me from, from addictions. And there's some things that I'm still fighting because I'm not there yet. The Lord said when he cleans house, that same spirit comes back with seven more. And that seven more is at my doorstep every day, trying to come back on me. And I feel it. I recognize the enemy when he's knocking on my door and banging on it and trying to get in. But I can't let him in because God bless me with three boys and I don't want them to inherit my generational curse. So it ends with me. And I tell you this because I want you to understand the enemy. The enemy will whisper sweet nothings into your ear and think and confuse you to say he's God, that he's leading you. We can deceive our own selves and our own self-righteousness. If you think that's not possible, look at Eve, for example. Eve walked and talked and saw God in the garden. But yet, here comes a snake and, and, and listens to that snake. So you can't tell me that it can't happen to me. And I'd say again, I'd say this not to be discouraged. We are all called to serve. But if you want to be a leader, there will be stricter judgment which the Bible tells us in James 3.1, which we're currently, the pastor took a break this week, but we're, we're into the book of James. And, and I was sharing with a brother that when James wrote that book, he was so sternful because, in my, in my belief of it, because he wrote that book out of regret of not taking the advantage of the opportunity that his brother, his biological brother, was the son of God. So when he wrote that book, he was straight to the point because he, he didn't want us to make the same mistake when we have that opportunity that God presents us. But if, 
as if you want to be a leader, but your intentions is to receive accolades, then you will receive your momentary blessing. You will get your praise from, from your fellow um, brothers and sisters. But if that's where you're at, you're robbing yourself from the eternal blessing that God the Father will give you on that great day. Because Jesus tells us that in Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4. And the Galatians 1.10 says, For I am now seeking the approval of man or of God. Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So if you are gifted, if God gave you a talent, step out of your comfort zone. Step up to your calling. God gave that to you. Remember that parable, the three talents? The one, the, the first two, God blessed them and, 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 and congratulate them. But what happened to the one that God gave that one talent? Cast them away. Are you listening? Church, we could deceive ourselves thinking we do this and we do that for church. We're serving this and we're doing that and think we're good with God. But that day will come. There will be some that they will come to the Lord and the Lord will embrace them. And, and, and hug them. He won't say, good, faithful pastor, teacher, usher. He's going to say, servant. He's going to say, servant. He's not going to call you by your title. But if you're serving, and then that day comes, and you stand before the, do- before the Lord, and you're like, oh, here he is. And he tells you, I don't know you. Don't that scare you? All these years you've been in church serving, and on that day he tells you, I don't know you. Do you hear me? Are you listening? Because he said that that, that's going to happen. There's plenty of people serving out there. But they don't know God. They do things in the name of God, but don't know God. God wants you to know him. Not know about him. So know him. We're living in a time right now that the Bible is already written for us. It's there for us. There's other countries right now that wishing they had a Bible. And I'm guilty of this. There's, in China right now, there's brothers that memorize one page. And another brother memorizes one page. So when they get together, they read their pages to each other. I don't know if you guys, there's a video floating around that the, they smuggled suitcases of Bibles into this room. And it always breaks my heart because it, it was like Black Friday for them. They started snatching them and hugging it like it was Jesus himself. And we let our Bibles collect dust. And we expect the pastor to preach to us and feed us good things. 
And how can you know if your pastor is a man of God if you don't know your word? He's feeding you good things and handing you Q-tips. Are you listening? Because the devil knows the word. And, 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 those, and these type of men will, will, will feed you, will feed your flesh, not your spirit. And there's a battle. The flesh is always against the spirit. Which one are you feeding the most? Like for me, I can't watch TV anymore. Because when I pray, I hear these voices louder and distracting me from him. I can't listen to music like I used to listen to it. I can't even watch TV anymore. I can't. I just can't because there's all these subliminal messages within there. It's like I can't even watch TV in peace. I mean, I used to love watching Marvel movies, but I can't watch it no more. Because witchcraft has already creeped into there. It's just, it's just, it's, and, and then the kids. I watch cartoons with the kids and I see what the message is hidden inside there. And it breaks my heart because they're after our kids. And some parents just open the door wide open for the enemy to come in. Children are a gift from God. Now we'll fight to the end. I now I understand what it means when God gave up his son. I will die for my kids. I will I, I'll be doing everything alone for my kids. Because God expects them back. He gave us as a gift. And I want to make sure when I stand before him, they're right behind me. And that's what we all should be as parents. Especially you men. Take charge of your household. God has given you that. Yes, the Bible said women submit to men, but men, there's a whole list for us. A whole list. We are going to be held accountable for that. I struggle with my wife, and I thank God God gave me a wife that would put up with me. Because I'm not easy. And I prayed for her before I even met her. And God reminded me of that when I had it, when we had an argument. I said, Lord, what you going to do this woman? He goes, I answered your prayer. And I was like, I'm like, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, we're, our marriage is not perfect, but we're working at it. I'm not letting the enemy creep in and use her or use me against each other. The last speaker on Saturday was like, I think was he was the last speaker was, he encouraged us to pray with our wives. And that spoke to me violently because me and my wife, we, we were doing that, but, you know, our crazy life with the kids and everything is just like, she goes to bed at a different time, I go to bed at a different time. And it's just like, I told her yesterday, I said, babe, God said, we need to start praying more together. We have to be initiative to do it. We've got to be assertive to do it. When the flesh tells you, I watch this extra show while the wife falls asleep waiting for you. Nah, I said, all right, pause it, go up, pray. Then maybe God, after that, you don't have the desire to be chained up to the TV or the video games or whatever the case may be that's hindering you from growing in him. Are you listening? Church, do you understand where I'm coming from? Pastors have to deal with principalities. Principalities. 
They don't have to deal with the minions because pastors are called. They're protected. They see these things. But when these principality comes, you've you got to understand the order there is in the spiritual realm. You have little demons. But then those demons got to answer to their sergeants. The, ar- the sergeants got us into the tenants, generals, and whatever, and ultimately the leader, which is, you know, Satan, which he's going to hell. My thing is this. Sometimes I see things that we embrace those, those demons because we get so caught up in emotion. We get caught up in this thought process that that it's just like, nah, it's God's way. That's the only way. There's no compromising. So let's honor and appreciate our pastors by being obedient to Christ. Because in our obedience, we could listen to what God is placing in our shepherd's heart and the vision God has given him. That's what it's about, y'all. We need to be surrounding him, helping him, especially the mature in Christ, helping him tend to the younger flock, leading by example, making it easier for him because he's sacrificing family time a lot. I, I, see, the, I see these things. And do you think that they desire that? When they could have a professional job somewhere in the military, living a good life in another country, Japan, Hawaii, and the government paying for that lifestyle. But they sacrifice these things to serve God and to serve us. Let's not let the enemy come in and divide us. Don't let the enemy come in and divide us. Because sometimes it's not even the enemy. It's what we believe. It's what we think it should be done. But it's not. Because if God gave that vision and passion for the, for the, for the pastor, that's why they're called the pastor. They're leading. We must follow I, I, I was going to, um, the way worship was, and people came to the altar, I just wanted to give another opportunity because many of you maybe didn't feel like led to come to the altar. But this is what it's about, that the Lord Jesus Christ died on a cross. He took our place so we won't end up in hell. See? You may think that God, how can God send someone to hell? But he doesn't. He just honors your choice. That's why it's always presented to you. It's always presented to you for you to make that choice. And once you make that choice, I haven't met anybody that regretted it. Trust me, it's, it's going to, the process is not easy. I come to the point in my life that I'm embracing it because I know him. And the miracles that he does, 
I still stand here and still can't believe the things that he does. He does. He does things, people. uh, Our minds are so hard to comprehend these things because he's a supernatural God. There's a a, a speaker said that when he said, let there be light, he said there's still galaxies forming till today. We were like, what? Like, we don't think about these things, but when God said he speaks, these things keep, keep moving. That's why life keeps moving. That's why life, that's why this baby's constantly being born, and the enemy hates that. You know, why, why there's this abortion thing right now so big? Because the enemy knows that this, a baby could be born to be a more threat to his kingdom. Why I want to encourage you. Let's storm the gates of hell. Okay? And the reason why I'm not personally not afraid of the gates of hell is because Jesus said they will not prevail against the church. Do you understand that? Okay, for example, right? When you put your foot in front of a door and you're trying to open it, and, and other people on the other side try to break in and they can't because your foot stops the door from opening. That's the gates of hell. It's trying to hit against the, the church and those gates can't fully open. See, but the world, they can open those gates wide open. And they constantly do it every, every day with, with, with their agendas, with their opinions of how they want to live. Or how they want to be embraced. Suit up, armor up, and let's get to it. We're called for warfare. I mean, I'm in a battleship. I'm not in a cruise ship. I'm manning my station. Amen. <laughs> so I want to open up the altar. He's the one who can solve your problems. Because Jesus is your only answer. <laughs> 